0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: It wasn't supposed to be like this. Big man was supposed to be standing here right next to me.
2: Indeed. Those prolific words uttered by Art Rooney II um, really kind of grab you because today, of course, is the uh, public viewing of uh, Franco Harris um, at Acreshur Stadium. I believe from one to five today, and that really kind of it really kind of sinks in when you hear those words and you know what's occurring today. And West, you know, I know that like. You, like all of us here in, in Western PA, specifically Pittsburgh's, specifically Steelers Nation, it's a morning time, um, and yet the the thrill of what just occurred and the fact that uh, you know the, the, his number was retired and all the, the hoopla that surrounded the uh, great game with the Raiders, again, a win that was 50 years in the making, it's something that uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to hold close to their hearts as they go through today and pay their respects to Franco.
3: Yeah, that's that's very well said. Um it's it's a it's a maybe a balancing act of of grieving and mourning with celebration as well too. Um you know, knowing that Franco's in a better place knowing just the amazing legacy and impact that he left behind that's that's going to last generations going to outlive long you and i wolf that's yeah. for sure um and and obviously i you know i did not have the relationship with franco that that you or max had obviously i was fortunate enough to be around him a few times you know bump shoulders with him right. a few times at things like training camp and the alumni dinners that you guys have that we would broadcast snr from and you know, was around him and met him a few times but for me just you know, you grow up in this city like I did. You grow up around western Pennsylvania, whether it's in the city, whether it's in the suburbs, North Hills, South Hills, wherever. And Franco Harris is somebody that you know from a young age. Um, you know, I everybody who, who grew up in this area like me took a, a field trip to the Heinz History Museum at some point, right? I think, I think it was second or third grade for us, and you go to the Heinz History Museum and You know, there's the Franco statue there, and there's all of the Immaculate Reception. Uh, some memorabilia and and, and some things there in the museum. And, you know, you stop and the tour guide tells you about this amazing moment that Franco Harris has. And they play the video uh, clip and the, you know, Jack Fleming call. And they talk about how, you know, this was the birth of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was the first time they ever won a playoff game. And two years later, they would go on to win their first Super Bowl for a city that was struggling and hurting at the death of the steel industry and was really trying to reinvent itself. And the Steelers uplifted an entire city and all these people in an entire population, and brought us together at a very difficult time, and kind of kickstarted the the rebirth of this city, and the pride, and being from here, and, and living here once again. Um, and you learn about all these things as a young kid in Pittsburgh, and it's so much bigger than the steel. I mean, we we all know the Steelers are; they are one of the premier brands uh, in the National Football League, obviously, but in all of American sports and, and sports across the world. Um, and so much of that globally is is felt from a sporting perspective but when you grow up here it's so much more than that it's it's a it's a legacy in western Pennsylvania that like I said you 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 are literally taken on field trips to museums where they teach you about Franco and the immaculate reception and what that meant and what that was the start of and that's something that's going to last For generations, you know, the the kids that grow up here like I did, they'll know the impact that Franco had on the Pittsburgh Steelers and on the sport of football in Pittsburgh, but they'll also benefit from all the work and and the legacy that he's left here. That's the thing for me. So many kids, so many generations, so many young people that are that are now adults uh, down to kids. Um, that have been impacted by Franco, that will know it, that won't know it, just from all the work that he did in the community, all the different programs that he helped start and fundraise for and was a part of here, um, that that's that's truly an impact. That's truly a legacy, certainly a sporting one on the field and then one that will that will last forever away from it. Well
2: said, yes. You know, I think about it, uh, the impact you had, and I was just – Kind of like uh, going through some of the news this morning. I saw a video. The Harlem Globetrotters did their own and their own version of the Immaculate Reception at a game. They <laughs> they had the guys in a Steeler jersey, and and they had a, a ball that was a basketball that was uh, like a balloon, almost like you know, it's like a big you know uh, type of ball that um, you know. If, not float, but, you know, it goes real slow. And they did it slow motion with Franco. The guy playing Franco, like, bending over one-legged and scooping the, the ball off off the court, you know, just before it caught. And then they paid tribute to Franco. That's from, awesome. I, it was just, you know, he, he just was bigger than than everything. I You know, I mean, and, and you just start to realize the impact that he had when you hear people call in and talk. And... People who, who just had a chance to meet with him, talk with them, but he, he gave them such I don't know, such a piece of himself that they're in they were in tears, you know? Yeah. Just in that and it's a beautiful thing. It's 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 something that uh, I I don't know. I mean how the how how we affect people that want nothing from you. You know what I mean? That you want nothing from right, them. Right. You know, it's just it's I don't know, it's a beautiful expression of the man that he was, the legacy that he left, um, the teammate that he was, and the fact, I always laugh because I go back to um, the fact that I, as a rookie, I remember going, hey, Franco, how do you trim your beard like that? How How do I, you know, here's a stupid rookie, you know, a puke rookie like me, and I'm talking to the great Franco Harris, I'm asking him about his beard how do you trim the beard <laughs> <laughs> I, think it, I think back now and think like, what an idiot i was you know but i mean it was just like a natural thing just, man, frank, was, hey, you just frank hey how do you get that beard to look yeah so good. it looks so good by mate, the way like, i mean
3: what's your skin care skin care routine you're glowing over here i tell <laughs> yeah, you exactly why
2: don't you just ask him that Greg right? jeepers you know what a bozo
3: yeah and it's you know you you, you mentioned it's it's something that it's You know, we talked about the sporting legacy and the legacy here in Pittsburgh for those, you know, like me that are that are fortunate enough to to grow up here. It's It's also like it's a pop culture thing, too. The Immaculate Reception, you know, the, the bending down and the catching the football, you yes. know, by by your shoestrings, and it's been in commercials like you mentioned. The you know the NFL one hundred celebration a couple years ago, they had that great video and Franco's in the dining room, right, catching the catching the football down <laughs> yeah. down by his shoestrings, like it's it's a pop culture thing too. So it, 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 I mean, it just really that that to me is is the complete legacy. Is that you know a, a lot of guys have. The sporting legacy of uh, incredible careers, incredible moments—you know, changing the fortunes of a franchise. Franco is—is is, listen, it's not a crowded room, right? But he's not—he's not alone in that. Yeah, you know, we could talk about some guys from the the Cowboys and Bart Starr and those guys from the Packers, right? We could talk about those Yankees in the '30s that made the Yankees what they are today. There's examples of that in sports, but man, rarely do you get the trifecta of sports impact, pop culture impact. And leaving such a legacy in your city in terms of the community outreach and in the work that you've done—that to me is is the full package that is so rare: uh, the exceptional, phenomenal athlete, uh, some way to influence pop culture and go beyond just being an athlete, and then and then the legacy that you leave behind in, in the communities that that raised you up, that you were able to uh, affect positive change uh franco is on a very short list of of people that have that type of impact exactly so you
2: know and it's funny because one of the things i heard the the great mean joe green say the other night um was he somebody had made a comment about the fact that well maybe the did the ball bounce you know this and that and he he talked about this and he said it definitively he said Franco was such a, a sporting man and such a, a an upright guy, and I'm I'm paraphrasing his words he sure. said, but had that ball bounced, he would have stopped. He would have never just parried it, you know, just like a parody, and just continued on. Right. He right. would have stopped right there, and uh, you know, and and said, no, the ball hit the ground. That's the type of honesty, a uh, forthrightness, and um, a legacy of doing things the right way that Franco established and and I thought it was absolutely just I don't I I don't I'm lacking the words for it but the way Joe said it in that moment was so definitive and so powerful it made me just realize yeah forget all this crap about you know the the angles and could it have or couldn't it have this and that if Franco if that ball had bounced Franco would have stopped just no doubt about it that's the okay. type of guy he was
3: I I, I I like that that's 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 true I think you're right I, I think you know we we are more in an era now right wolf where athletes can play act sometimes yes yeah <laughs> they can sell certain things or you know that interception bounced off the turf but they still try and sell it like it like right they did right it. right and,
2: um, like you can get away with it and if you right. can that's that's all part of the the sport that's not who Franco was though. And that's the point that Joe made that was so beautiful. You know, is that. And, I, and again, as I'm sitting here now, it's just it's even more of a powerful statement to me and to everybody else too. That's the ki- kind of guy that he was. Had that ball bouncy he'd have stopped right there and everything else would have been moot.
3: No, that's and, – and, and, you know, that's a great compliment to pay somebody as well too, I think. that Yes. You, you can't say that about everybody. I wouldn't say that about me. I'd, yeah. be, I'd be out there acting like, oh, yeah, I got it. No problem. <laughs> Especially back then, you didn't have to worry about it going to replay or anything, right? All you <laughs> yeah. had to do was fool the referee, and you're in the clear.
2: Yeah, that's the truth of the matter,
0: <laughs> you know?
3: It really is. It's 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 phenomenal. It's great. I, and I love that. You know, anytime somebody tells me that, that Franco trapped that ball, I'm going to say, well, you know what? Mean Joe Green said. This his, is what he said. His integrity would not have allowed that, and I'm going to trust Mean Joe Green over you. And let me tell you something. He punctuated it with a finger point
2: and then a fist. <laughs> okay, that's good enough for me. Yes, I've, yes, Mr. Green. I've seen both the finger point at me and the fist at me. You know, don't really want to replay that, okay, from my younger days. <laughs> you know, when Joe points at you, when he gives you that side eye, when he puts a fist up, you know, all of a sudden you're like going, "Okay, I'm just going to You know, it's like a it's like that one airline commercial, want to get away."
3: <laughs> yes, it would be like I'd imagine it would be like uh like those moments where you, you you really upset your parents, right? And you just you get that you get that look, and you know when you're a kid. But it's mean Joe Green can do that to you as an adult.
2: Yes, exactly. So, so that's today. Um, we uh, you know there's going to be this viewing this afternoon, and uh, I know that uh, a lot of hearts are, are breaking as uh, we go. And I'm just, you know, the the beauty of it is that Franco was filled with so much love and joy that you can express in joy and love right back of the things of about Franco. Yeah. And even at this time that I know is sad, and I know for Dana and Doc, my heart breaks for them and for Steelers Nation at large, um, but at the same time, there is joy in celebrating the life of one who was just so well acquainted with um, reaching out to others, who was on the side of always trying to do the right thing and who uh, became... I don't know. The, maybe the greatest ambassador this city has ever seen. Yep. You know, it's and a, that's uh, a
3: good call. Yeah. And we've got man, we've got a long list of great ones.
2: Oh, <laughs> we do. You know, we've been so blessed in this city to have some great ones represent the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, it's it's just I don't know. It's it's almost dumbfying, you know. But it the is. fact is, it's it's a beautiful thing and it's a precious thing and it's something that you hold dear. So, having said that. We are going to uh, at the top of the hour, eleven o'clock. Mike Tomlin has moved um, his uh, his press conference up, and so Wes and I will take you up to that. And uh, and then from uh, from there, uh, there's tomorrow. There there won't be a show um, to for for uh, specific reasons, and um, then we'll be back on Thursday. Um, but anyhow, that's what's going on right now. It's kind of like falling into place as we talk. Sure, you know? sure. We're trying to do this on the fly, uh, and for everybody, I know that um, it, you know, I don't mean to, to be a hassle for everybody and so forth, but uh, that's how it's going to work out today. But we'll be back after this. We're going to take a break now, and again, at the top of the hour, normally we have Alvaro Martin, uh, who is our uh, Spanish-speaking uh, uh, play-by-play man and color man uh, and he's we're gonna move him we're to gonna, later in the week
3: we're gonna have him on uh, on Thursday Wolf okay so we'll do Jerry Dulac and Alvaro both on Thursday and then uh, since there's no show tomorrow we're gonna move Jim Wexel to Friday so we'll do Friday with Wex
2: sounds good sounds good and also believe you me you want to hear Alvaro's call on the George uh, Pickens touchdown I mean. I, I did you hear that, Wes? Have you heard that yet? Oh, I'm telling you what, man! He was losing his mind. I love the way he did <laughs> me too, it. Me too.
3: Me yeah, too. It was great.
2: Exactly. So, all right, we're gonna come back in. We're gonna talk about what the Steelers got to do first of all, and those dirty birds, as we head to
1: Baltimore next.
0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: And the give. And through the hole comes... Oh, look out. J.K. Dobbins is on his way. He's at the 25-20. Still on his feet at the 15-10. And knocked out of bounds by Minka, short of the goal line. And that 44-yard run really established and, and set apart what the Ravens were going to do that day, which everybody knew, with Tyler Huntley. And then you had the third-string quarterback coming in. Um, J.K. Dobbins and the running game, 215 yards max. Uh, you know, the thing about it, you look at this and you got to smash the run. That's job 1. I mean job 1 has got to be to stop the run here. We don't know the what look, the the what's going to be with Lamar Jackson and whether or not you know he's got the PCL going on and so John Harbaugh is playing that close to the vest, but job 1 in this rematch with the Ravens has got to be a, all about stopping the run.
1: Yeah, no. Th- th- this is this is job 1, 2 and 3. Smash, <laughs> smash, smash. Run, run, Raven! You know, I, right. I mean, you. First of all, you know, it, it should be boiling under their skin right now, Wolf. Um, the fact that you're playing the Ravens—that—that's right. first emotion, already taken care of. It's the Ravens. Second of all, is you got embarrassed last oh, time man. you played yes. the Ravens. That—that that should be—that—that—that should—that should honk off everybody. <laughs> That should make them to the highest level of pistivity that pistivity can attain. That's a technical um, term, isn't it? It, it? I mean, it is the most technical of terms. I mean, I believe I saw that in a, in a grad school paper. Um, <laughs> it can it can only be used when you're at the height of your profession. Um, but I, I think that's that, that's where it has to be. Like like this is one that th- this this is an old school after school fight you know what i'm saying like this has been playing first period you know what i'm saying like it's like I saw, I saw i saw you first thing this morning i told you at three o'clock <laughs> I'm, yep. I'm coming to beat you up <laughs> <laughs> right by the bike rack in yeah. between the, in, in between the playground all right that, you know, that's, those I'm, are we're always the
2: toughest <laughs> fights the, the the sit down fights the ones you had to wait for yeah, you know it was never. Yeah.
1: A, you know it's like the the
2: the Charger guy, the uh, guard from the Chargers, and uh, who was it? One of the other players. They start slugging each other at the uh, end of the game. Yeah, you know, and they got suspended. <laughs> you know, I mean yeah. that that's that happens all the time. But when you gotta wait, then all of a sudden, then then the you, after the anger passes, then you start thinking about it. Whoa, this this could be bad.
1: <laughs> and, and and then you're like, why were we fighting again? <laughs> <sighs> okay, yes. you still want to do this? Yep, I still want to do this. And the, and the other person's like, like, they've been rapping like their knuckles. They've been like, oh, you know, I know, know. you just all oh, day man. staring at you at lunch. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> uh, that that that's that that's what that that's the mentality you got to have, yeah. Because that's what it's going to take. Because what happened when we played them before, and they came into your house? and they embarrassed you the way that they did with a second and third string quarterback, and you knew what they were doing, and they still did what they wanted to do, it's time to exact revenge. Because here's the thing. Around those games, (laughs) you were that bully. Yeah. You were that guy. What happened the very next week, Wolf, when we played Carolina after playing Baltimore? Oh, yeah. Shut them down. Absolute down. And what did they do the week after us? (laughs) (laughs) They rolled for 300. Exactly. So it's not like we, like, all of a sudden, like, they forgot football or anything. No, we went out and we inflicted our will. Yes. And that's the same mentality we have to come out with, that we are the aggressor. We are the ones that set the tempo for the game, and they—it's—it's it's like they forgot that with the Ravens, or uh, smelling themselves. I don't know what it was, but I'm glad we got back to that mantra these last two weeks.
2: Absolutely, you know, and the, we need to do that. Yes, we do. You know, I mean, think about it—they gave up 215 yards rushing against the Ravens first time around. 120 to J.K. Dobbins, all right? Now they're tightening the screws. Uh, they've risen to number six in defending the run. And like you just pointed out, the Steelers held the Panthers and the Raiders the next two games to 79 yards rushing. Now, I look at that over and over, and, I, and people tell me, you know, you hear the people, folks saying, well, they can't stop the run. Yes, they can. Yes, yeah. they can, but they've got to pay attention to all the details. They got to cross the Ts, dot the Is, make sure guys are playing their gaps and doing the things that they need to do. You know, it's not about all these fancy schematics. It's about getting off blocks and and tackling the runner. I mean, that's again, it's the Chuck Knoll. I why was he taken out? What well, he was being blocked. All right, you can't be blocked. And that's the attitude you got to have. You got to have a, a Cam Hayward mentality. I mean, who came bigger than Cam Hayward? You know, I mean, just last weekend, yeah. who came bigger against the Raiders? My gosh, he's in his twelfth year on one of the coldest nights ever, and you, 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 got, you know, by by uh, voting in the Pro Bowl. All right, they, people don't think he's Pro Bowl quality anymore as he's an alternate. And you know what? He just delivered one of the biggest performances in in Steelers history in many a year. I mean, he was yeah. absolutely uh, a wrecking
1: ball out there. Well, and I think the other thing is is that you held the NFL's leading rusher. Yeah. To low yard. Think about that. 2.9. 2.9 2. per and you're t- JK Dobbins is nowhere near being that guy. Right. He's good right but but he he's no Josh Jacobs no no you that's know, a great he, point he, so i think that's that's also where we have to look at this and say yeah i whether newness or whatever else and 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 being caught off guard now it's time to be on guard you know you have to be ready ready to put your <laughs> put your rapier up and start <laughs> and start to swashbuckle right <laughs> you know you you got re- to, to 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 do all. Um, and dual. Do, uh, yes, you have to have a dual mentality, but I think that's kind of, that, that, that's, that's what, a, that, that's what it's going to take. That's what it mentally has to be. I think because we build up this game and, and yes, this game usually lives up to its hype, but this team, you know, you realize the Ravens are coming in, they're fighting for something. Mm-hmm. So, and you're fighting for something as well. So when both teams have something to lose, you got to let it all hang. because there's there's not only pride involved but continuing a season is also involved for us and for them they're hoping that the Bengals lose and they can possibly get the division back well guess what if we handle our business they ain't got to worry about that they just got to sit there in mediocrity and be like oh we didn't do it again you know that's what you're trying to deliver to them you have just as much to gain as the Ravens do, by winning this game. And guess what? We tend to do okay down there at M&T Bank Stadium. Yeah. So for, for the rookie, for Kenny Pickett, yes, it's your first trip down to Baltimore land. For the other guys, this should be old hat. You should know that, hey, we do well in this stadium, and we need to act like it. Just like they came into our place and felt comfortable, kicked their shoes off, didn't wipe their feet on the welcome mat, we got we to gotta go – return the favor in kind down in Baltimore come Sunday.
2: You know who else stood out I thought, defensively speaking, that we didn't really talk much about was Robert Spillane. You know, you take a look mm-hmm. and you watch him on film and you see how he did a nice job of constantly filling at the point of attack where he was supposed to be. Um, the guy had, what, 12, 14 tackles he was in on, combined both solo and, and assisting. Um, the guy, the, you know, I know that, some, you know, again, you hear people talking on the outside, their critics, and they want to point out his shortcomings in, in, in passing and so forth. And But I look at his, all linebackers have shortcomings in the passing game. You know what I mean? When you get locked up with, you know, mismatches on, on whether it's a back or a tight end or what have you, it, it's problematic, okay? And the fact is... You know, they don't play him as the dime linebacker, the single linebacker in dime package because he's a lousy pass coverage guy.
1: No, no, they they, they, they play him to smash people in the face. That That's, yeah. that's what his calling card is. Yeah. It, it's, it's C-ball, hit ball. Yeah. Um, And I think, yeah, you know, is there a foot speed issue when it comes to coverages? Absolutely, but I mean, yeah. Uh, the rare occasion you're talking about, maybe what Miles Jack's probably the only one that's really our top coverage linebacker. Mm-hmm. But when it co- when it comes to willingness, when it's coming coming to taking a handful of nails and chewing it like his bubble gum, that is Robert <laughs> Spillane.
2: You're so colorful, yeah. in you
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you know. Do you, you think he wears a, a
2: mouth guard while he's chewing the nails? <laughs>
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, Spray you a little go. Listerine, you'll be all right. <laughs>
2: yeah, you're good. Just gargle technic. twice a day. That's <laughs> yeah,
1: all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't Premit want sepsis attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No gingivitis <laughs> from the nails. No. um <laughs> But I mean, but but that and that's what you're going to need in this game. Yeah. Right. But th- these aren't backs that that f- that you th- that they throw to constantly out of the backfield. Um, this is this is a run attack. They might get you. They might get some swing stuff, but. You can live with that with the coverage units, right? That's Mm -hmm. what you got. You got Arthur Millette, Cam Sutton, uh, you know, and Levi Wallace for, you know. And, of course, hopefully we get uh, Terrell Edmonds back. You know, those are the guys that we have for thumping on the edges. But when it comes between that tackle box or anything right off that tackle box, the sheer will to scrape and just deliver a a vicious blow, that's where Bobby Spillane's going. That that's that that that's what that that's your hitman number one. So you know, um, Robert had had a great game. Um, you know, covering like you said under those conditions, but that that's what the conditions are going to call for. That's yeah. what they're going to dictate this week. So bring his skill set and, and leave all that negativity uh, to the uh, to the newspaper clippings um, because that's not going to help you when it comes to real live action on the field and. For him, I want him to be as encouraged, as invigorated as he was coming into this Raiders game. Bring that, bring that, travel, pack that in your suitcase when you're going down to Baltimore instead of a crab cake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like like crab that. crab cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, you know, they used to have the best crab cakes at halftime. You know what the uh, down to in, what happened? I I don't know that they I try to remember they went away from it from a period of time cuz They what? Yeah, they did. They they gone. They had had crab cakes and then somewhere over the course of the cuz I've been going there for 20 years, so 22 years now. Yeah. Whatever it is. Um so uh they stopped doing it and then I don't know if they they're doing it anymore or not. I hope that they are.
1: Deeper, well, I you know. hope they are too, because I mean, I'm flying in day up, so I don't even get to go eat crab cakes anywhere else.
2: Oh man! So yeah. I need
1: them to have that at the stadium. That's like my one thing. How can you go to Baltimore and not have a crab cake? That
2: would be wrong. That would be wrong, man.
1: Da- da- downright dastardly and abysmal. <laughs> that's what that. That's what that's what that would be. No, absolutely not. <laughs> we can't have that. We're- listen i know they're I, I know i know they're they're a heathen group down there but come on that's, we have some standards and protocols here we have to we have to adhere to this is ridiculous exactly uh, so well no. we better hey by the way yeah.
2: you know that we're going to take uh we're going up to the 11 o'clock hour and then we've got mike tomlin the press conference has been moved up i'm sure because of um today viewing the the viewing yes so we're only going to be here for an hour and uh, yeah so we guess we better get to it and get out of here for a moment
1: exactly let's go ahead let's step aside one time and uh we'll come back for an abbreviated bell lap here (laughs) in the locker room um because like you said Mike Donald's press press are coming up at 11 so we'll carry you all the way up into that moment you're in the locker room with Wolf and Starks here on ESPN and SNR radio
0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Oh, we got Connor
2: Hayward. He's on the jet sweep. He's up the field. He's over the 35, gives himself up as he crosses the 40, and that winds clock to 14 seconds 13 and you, and you know what that was that's the meatball express right there heading up the sidelines and with a heady move gave himself up and let him run the clock a little bit and the Raiders don't even call a timeout and that's the end of the game final score Pittsburgh 13 the Las Vegas Raiders 10. You know Max I think the the new weapon that is Connor Hayward I think we now should name him the Polar Express. Because to do that on Christmas Eve, that was legitimate <clears throat> Polar Express work there. I got to tell you something. This guy, you know, when they first drafted him, I thought, okay, he's going to be maybe a special team contributor. He's maybe a little fullback, you know, H-back. I did not realize this guy has some of the most unique skill sets available, very much like Patrick Ricard, the 300-pound fullback from the Ravens, right? They, now he's got his own set of skills at 300 pounds it's a little different but you've got connor who you know we we saw has got a terrific set of uh, hands there and he can run with the ball too and does a good job of blocking he is he's very unique in what he brings to the Steelers
1: yeah no he he he's a, he's a different he's a different body type um you know just like a patrick acard like you said um and and it just it's a different set of skills, you know. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. I look at it and and it's hard to quantify him and, and put him in one box, yeah. which is which is which is cool. Um, because like you said, he has the capabilities of fullback. He also has the hands and the speed for H back, you know, extra tight end type of stuff. He's a willing blocker. But uh, like you said, the jet sweep just added a new dimension. He went to he went to the fourth dimension, Wolf. <laughs> he's no longer three dimensional. He's he, he he's broken the wall. You know, he yeah. he looks back at the camera and talks to him during a movie. Um, that, that's that, that that's what you know. Connor's done. I mean, who would have thought you could hand the ball off to Connor Hayward on a jet sweep?
2: Yes, you know exactly. Definitely was
1: not in my mindset, and we didn't see that all training camp. No, so it's a skill that that revealed itself during the season. And they said this is something that we can do, and to and, and it hit to great success. Um, you know, now do I want you to go back to it like uh, like the shovel passes? Does Zach Gentry one time too many? No, <laughs> but I'm glad the opponent now has to rep that. They have to now prepare for that. Yes, yeah, I love the fact that we set that play up. Matt Canada set the play up by running by running the actual Najee dive and inside zones a couple of times, so that you got the box to go ahead and constrict on you you checked the film you and, and you looked at the screenshots and you said oh so they don't close on this you know they um, they're, they're not, or they're not going to contain on this they're only going to close on this so that's what I loved about it and then boom we hit it and and it goes to perfection but he's also a guy who could go make a key catch for you which which he's also shown in the in the Carolina game also the Atlanta game so there are some nice deployments, and now that you're getting a feel for what your personnel is, Matt Canada is getting more creative with how he's deploying the guys, which, which I love to see.
2: I do too, and I, I really I really respect what uh, uh, Connor has brought to the team. I mean, you look at it, he's got the third longest reception, that 45-yarder he had against the Bucs. Uh, that 21-yarder that just sealed the win against the Raiders was the sixth longest rush of the season. And I got to say this—that um, shows a great deal of confidence in the young man by the coaching staff to put the ball in his hands at that crucial moment in sealing the win against the Raiders. It says an awful lot about what they think about Connor Hayward and his skill set.
1: Yeah, it's it's trust, and that that's something that's built. That's something that's earned, and he has earned it. Um, you know, throughout this season, and it, and it's and it's beautiful. To see that, right? You know, that you see guys that you draft and then the contributions that they're already able to immediately impact, you know, leads to great thoughts for the future because now you can put, now they're a part of the game plan. Now they're someone to, and you say, you know what? We got to make sure we got some stuff in there. Well,
2: we're getting in a little trouble there, Max. We, we, uh... we
1: got to get him involved in this game.
2: Yes. Yeah, we had a little trouble. Yeah, yeah, there, you okay. were kind of going out of, out of uh, whatever. We weren't getting uh, dialing you down very well, but now you're back on. So, okay.
1: Yeah. So repeat what you just yeah. said. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So I said the ultimate compliment you can have offensively is to be in a position where the coach, the coordinator, has to plan plays for you. Right. We have. Yeah. How do we get Connor involved? When a coach has to say that, that means you're doing your job. Especially when this is also a guy that you drafted. You know, that's the ultimate compliment as a drafted guy. You're doing things, you're jumping off the page on key, crucial plays, and you're connecting. You're hitting on those things. That's the greatest compliment that Connor can ask for is they need to make sure that I'm involved in this game, and that's what Matt Kennedy is doing.
2: Absolutely. And the fact that you know, I love the fact that Matt set it up, and he he played this card at, 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 at a moment when it totally caught everybody by surprise. Certainly, it caught me by surprise, for sure. You know, I don't know, maybe not everybody, but the fact is, is as Connor said, I've never run a jet sweep before, and yet here he is in the biggest moment of maybe the biggest game of this year, uh, one that was 50 years in the making. Uh, they hand the ball off to him, and not only does he carry it for the first down, but he doesn't sit there and have you know, uh, sugar plums of touchdowns dancing in his head at that point in time, but he decides to hook it up and slide because he knows he's got the first down, He's he's got the clock running, he's not running out of bounds, he's not going to take a chance and somebody stripping the ball from him. It's now a matter of kneel down and, and play it out. And I, I thought, wow, that's that's really heady stuff for a young buck. I don't think I, I wouldn't have the mentality
1: to do that. <laughs> well, first of all, not they wouldn't trust either one of us. Oh, that's ball. true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so th- that, th- there's that takes care of that. <laughs> there, there's that. Our job is just to make sure we don't jump off sides on the kneel down. Like, yes. that. that's literally it. Okay, okay guys, can we – all right, we're, we're going on one. Can we count to one? Can all of us count to one in the huddle? That's how they're looking at us in that moment. What? I'm so silly. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't have the skill set yet for that. All right. Well, Wolf, I know this has been an abridged edition of yes. the locker room, but obviously we got, we got things to handle. We got things to take care of. Yep. Um, today, today is a um, – is is a special day. Yeah. Um, the memorial services for Franco will be at AccraSure Stadium today. We're going to step aside and make sure that we give, give Coach Tomlin the time that he needs. He, get, he called this special press conference time. So let's make sure we honor it. You've been in the locker room with Craig Wolfley, Max Starks, and of course, Wesley Euler here on ESPN and SNR Radio. Please take care. And, uh, you know, if you have a moment today, say a prayer for the Harris family. Love you guys. Talk to you later.